Team Team, Boafik, I hope you're ready to discuss Caribbean literature. I'm Mayla, a romance author from Guadeloupe. This is how I present myself today, but it took me about 20 years to give myself permission to write about my people falling in love and finding happiness. Why? Well, thank you for asking and I'm going to tell you why. I never got to read about Caribbean people being happily in love until 2019. And chances are, especially if you're listening to this podcast in 2021, you probably haven't either. That's why I decided to record my discussions with Caribbean authors who will give you an idea of their motivations and the issues they faced to get their romance stories published. My hope is for you to be inspired to write, to buy, because we're here to support, and to read romance stories set in the Caribbean with Caribbean people. On why. Yemunla, we are back for a couple of special episodes to celebrate Tim Tim Wafik's first anniversary. I thought it'd be nice to chat with the guests of season one and see what they've been up to because my main goal is to support Caribbean authors I believe in and to bring my contribution to this Caribbean literature community that keeps growing and growing every day. So, quick update about Eugenia O'Neill. She's still working on her non-fiction stuff and spreading the word about Caribbean issues with her vintage.caribbean page. So make sure to check it out. Joanne C. Hillhouse is still curating Caribbean cultural events. She's also holding a monthly workshop for writers that anyone can join. So again, make sure to check out her work. And at the time of recording, Rilzy Adams is getting ready to release the follow-up to her latest novella, Just For Tonight. She's been teasing us with gorgeous pictures, so I cannot wait to read this new story. Now, on to this first discussion. I met with Angie Pelletier, an author from Trinidad and Tobago. She released her second book, Don't Go Baking My Heart, in June 2022. Check out her thoughts about this new chapter of her life as an author. What have you been up to since last year? So that was 2021. Well, I've been promoting Sweet Hand, of course. I worked on getting book two ready, which is Don't Go Bake in My Heart. And it came out in June. So that released June the 21st. I didn't really do like a big release the thing like how I would have done for Sweet Hand if I actually had to work that day. But um, I think I, I still, you know, made the most of the release day. And recently, actually last week, Saturday, I visited one of our local bookstores and I actually got to see both of my books there, Sweet Hand and Don't Go Baking My Heart. Um, this is Scribbles and Quills. They shot a little video of me signing some books and just me talking about the books in general. So that was actually something I was glad to, you know, tick off of my bucket list because I hadn't gotten the chance to actually see my physical books in an actual store here. So I'm glad I got to do that. I'm glad I waited until they had both books. So I was very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. So Don't Go Baking My Heart is your second book? Correct. Second book in the Island Bite series. When we talked last year, were you already working on this book? Yes. 
So how was the writing process? Was it easier than Sweet Hand? Um, I think it was it was fun. I honestly think I had a lot of fun writing this book. Reba and Devon are very interesting characters to write because he is this kind of straight-laced by the rules, always making lists and has spreadsheets and plans type of guy. And she is very much not that person. <laughs> she's not a planner. She just goes with whatever. She's spontaneous. She's loud. She's colorful. And honestly, and I've said this in other interviews, book two is my favorite book in the series so far. When I wrote Sweet Hand, I was not in the best place. It's not that right. Sweet Hand was a terrible experience. I just think book two flowed a little easier for me. So I finished reading Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And I really enjoyed it. I also think that the fact that Reba is so spontaneous and so colorful, so it made it easier. And just the reading was fun, really. It was fun. <laughs> and um, what I found interesting is in Sweet Hand, you started out with Cherie's point of view. So it was really about Cherise and how she finds love. But the fact that you started the story with Devon in Don't Go Breaking My Heart, I thought it was an interesting choice. And I wanted to know if it was intentional for you to start with the male point of view. I think it came out naturally. It, it just worked for the story because I wanted to do that whole transition from him kind of feeling guilty and having to do this speak off for X reason and then go into, okay, he needs to get Sharice's help, but he's not actually getting her the food. So now he has to go to Reba, who he just has been ignoring <laughs> for how many months. So I thought that that would be an interesting way to start off. To Off the bat, you get to kind of see the kind of relationship they have. So it wasn't intentionally done so that this time I would have a male point of view to start off with, but I did want people to see their relationship. And I figured, hey, let's start with Devon first so they could see um, that kind of juxtaposition in their personality right off the bat. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but last year we talked about what it means to be authentically Caribbean. And I felt like in this story, in Don't Go Breaking My Heart, uh, you added stuff, some historical elements from Devon's perspective, because he's an architect. So he knows a lot of stuff about the history of the island. And I thought it was cool. But I also wondered if it was true. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes, yes, everything, everything he said about the architect is correct. Those places do exist. I didn't make them up; they actually exist. Um, I've been to not all of them, but the ones that he talks about in the book. I've been to Stormyer's Castle. I've passed in front of Amber's house, so I had to do my research because I didn't know as much detail. Um, as of course the character would know given what he does for his job so I had to do my own research but I've yeah I passed in front of some of the buildings and I've actually been inside of Stormyer's Castle but that was years ago I haven't gone recently and, and those places are still standing now they exist they're real they're very much real <laughs> yeah but I really I really liked it because and I also liked that Reba isn't really interested in all these 
history stuff mm. but she's really in tune with her Caribbean identity also it's just in a different way from mm. Devon's and I really think that it's something different between the two books like in the first book Sherry and Tiran I mean to me they were really Caribbean and all that and you used the music to really connect I mean, the representation of the culture and all that. But here, I thought it was nice. Maybe because I'm a nerd, but I like when you use history. (laughs) (laughs) I like when people use history to really give a sense of the culture of a place. Mm. So I was really happy about that. That's so funny that you say that because I am so not the person who's into like historical stuff. And if somebody comes, I will just talk a lot about history of the island and things like that i'm not generally into things like that but you know through my characters i get to learn a lot right because with the sweet hand i had to do research i'm not a baker <laughs> i'm not a baker so of course i had to do research for that as well um and i know people who are music producers but i also i've been around them before but i've also did more more research to just make sure I was, you know, depicting what Kieran does accurately. And of course, I'm not a music producer, but I, I do know people. Uh, and in terms of Devon and Reba, once again, I'm not a baker, but I am not an architect. So, <laughs> so through my characters, I am also able to learn things that I may not have had any interest in because I'm not going to stand up and talk about this material is what this building is made of and it was designed this year by this person so these are things i didn't even really know like the deep details of the um the historical buildings that we have in trinidad i might just know basic things but because of my characters i had to do research and i did learn some interesting things but i'm so not the person with it to history like that <laughs> how long did it take to write this story i think a few months a few months because uh, i would have had some of it written already when i was uh promoting sweet hand but it wasn't completely finished when sweet hand was out so yeah a few months and the funny thing about it is reba and devon's story wasn't even supposed to be book two it was going to be book three originally and i was like you know i'm just gonna switch around these books then i made them book two and I'm actually working on book three right now, which is not a secret. It's Maxi and Remy. They're mm. book three. Yeah. Sweet Hand Covers was great. <laughs> and this one is also amazing. So, I mean, you just want to read it. You just want to buy and you want to <laughs> read it. So can you tell us um, how did you get to to have this cover. Yes. So the cover designer for the both books is the same person, which I guess most people obviously could tell. (laughs) It's Lenny Kaufman. Her work is just amazing. I have not seen a bad book cover from her, not once. She's just really good at what she does. And when I was thinking of what scene to put on the cover for book two, I was like, okay, there's a part of the book where they go to the beach. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put each scene on the front cover because I wanted it to be different. I didn't want to put them in the kitchen again because I already did that for Sweet Hand, even though in book two they are in the kitchen. Let's still try to bring in the whole baking element, but let's go with a beach scene this time. And my favorite thing about the cover of book two is Reba's hair. I'm like... Reba has pink hair and I think Lenny did such a good job of representing the characters because what I usually do um, and I did this for Sweet Hannah as well I would tell her I would write out and you know type out what I want tell her okay this is the scene describe it to her send her inspirational photos and this is what the characters look like and then we do like a back and forth kind of thing because initially when she had given me the sketch 
she would oh, I sent her a picture of the beach one of our beaches as inspiration as well and initially when she did the sketch the boats weren't quite right because I was like okay this looks more like a yacht but in this location where this beach is supposed to be you're not gonna see a yacht on the beach like that right so I told her you know kind of and I sent her another picture I was like try to make the boats look a little more like fishing boats because that's a little more authentic and second time around she got it and did a really good job she's just good at that and I didn't even tell her once again I didn't tell her what color I wanted the cover to be or anything like that I just sent the pictures for inspiration and yeah it just worked because I mean I guess she went with blue because of the whole beach factor and once again she just did an amazing job and I know I'm not finished with writing book three but I'm already trying to envision what that cover would look like and what color I might want that cover to be and uh, how was the editing process for this story um yeah it was it's the same for sweet tan I used the same editor used the same beta readers as well so basically the process is the same I don't think it will change throughout for the other books because unless I I switch it up and kind of change some of the beta readers but basically the process was the same once I finished the first draft I let it sit for a bit I came back and did my edits and my revisions and then I sent it to my beta readers collated all their feedback did another round of edits until I thought okay this is ready to go to the professional editor now to do her reviews and give her comments and stuff like that then because it takes a couple drafts before I feel comfortable that yes okay this is ready to be published and this time was it published um with um because I remember for Sweet Hand you were going to do self-publishing and then you got an agent and then you got signed Uh, with a traditional publishing house. Well, actually, I had my agent before I decided to self-publish. Okay. okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it's the same because when the UK publisher last year, last year, 2020 is when we got the book deal. The book deal was for two books, right? So for book two, it was the same. It's self-published in the US and some territories and traditionally published in the UK. And so it's the same for the first two books. I don't know what's going to happen for the other books in the series yet just yet i mean i'll be self-publishing them regardless but we'll see how it goes <laughs> so does it mean that the books sold in the u.s you get all the money but the books sold in the uk you have to split it's the other way around okay. u.s is where i'm self-published so basically all the royalties come to me But in the UK now, that would be obviously split up between my agent, the publisher, and then me, whatever royalties. Okay. So now that you have officially published two books, how do you feel? Like, what, <laughs> what, what reactions do you get from your readers? I, well, so far, I've gotten really only positive feedback. <laughs> And I'm sure there are some people who don't like the books for whatever reason. And that's, you know, that's fine. I don't need everybody to like it. But yeah, generally, I've gotten positive feedback. Reba is definitely a favorite <laughs> character of people. <laughs> people like Alderney too, they love Reba. And I'm so glad they love her because I, I had a lot of fun writing her and her interactions with Stefan. Um, I know the book just came out. So I know people are still in the process of reading it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I've, I've gotten good feedback. Sweet Han and have been getting good feedback for book two thus far. Um, I know for sure I've seen some people say they did like book two more than book one. Not that they didn't like book one, but they, I guess they feel similar to me. They do like it the most out of the two so far. 
Um, so yeah, and I feel a few years ago I thought, well, I'm you know looking at this thing and I just felt like I wanted to give up. But I'm glad I didn't give up because now I have my two books, you know, to show for all this work that I've done, and I'm gonna keep working until I have more than two books under my name because this is really just the beginning. Yeah, well, I I'm totally supporting you. When I listen to you, I feel like you had this dream to be an author, but at the same time, you didn't have um as maybe the word is is a strategy, and somehow you still kept pushing through. But now that you really have the two books out, and listening to you. You're really determined to really do this because you enjoy writing. You want to keep publishing your books. That I've spoken to a couple of my friends about this actually. That my end goal is I would love to do my writing full time, right? Mm. But I mean, I don't currently do it full time because I have a full time <laughs> job that's not writing, right? Mm. Um, right now, I mean, I am making money off of writing, but it's like supplementing my regular salary because got bills to pay right <laughs> so i can't just be like okay yeah i'm fixing my job and doing this full time you have to that is where you have to kind of be strategic about it so i have been thinking of things trying to make some plans and i obviously don't want to get too much into right now mm. um But I have always had the idea of being a hybrid author in terms of wanting to be both self-published and traditionally published because I feel like there are books that I just want to publish myself and I wouldn't necessarily go through my agent and the whole going on submission process. So that has always been something that I've thought of strategically. But I know some people do both. Some prefer traditional publishing, some prefer self-publishing, but I think I, I want to stick to trying both. At least for now, until who knows if I decide to change my mind. Because to me, there are pros and cons of both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of strategy, yes, that's one strategy I have. But otherwise, and that's kind of the good thing about self-publishing because you can try things, and because you have the control over that part of it, mm-hmm. you could try things. You could be like, okay, I only want to publish on Amazon for like a year because that's where most of my money is coming from, or I want to keep doing multiple um, distributed in multiple pieces so Amazon Barnes and Noble but I think I might stick to doing these several pieces so yeah I mean strategies are always changing and should always change based on your information yeah well can you tell us about your upcoming activities if you have any I don't have any planned right now, but things are actually opening. I don't have anything officially planned yet, but when I do, you know, of course I will tweet about it when I can. Okay. Well, I wish you the best. I Thank wish you, you the best. Yeah. I really, I'm really looking forward for book three. Uh, uh, I follow you on Twitter anyway. So I see you when you, when you're tweeting <laughs> a lot of BTS fangirling going on. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I I totally understand, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, it's really um I feel like Caribbean authors don't get to feel how much we enjoy their story. They don't get to feel it as much as maybe U.S. authors or U.K. authors get to feel it. So I always try my best to say when I can yeah. how much I enjoyed a story. And I mean. 
I appreciate it a lot. There really needs to be more Caribbean romance set in the Caribbean by Caribbean. I mean, they exist, but I feel like a lot of times literary fiction is what most Caribbean authors focus on and write. There's just room for so much more. Don't limit yourself if that's what you feel like. I just want more Caribbean romance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I want that too. Sure. Mm. I want that. So I'm just trying to contribute. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check out timtimboafik.com for more Caribbean books. You can email me at timtimboafik at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at timtimboafik. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Core. And to help the podcast to get more visibility, share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, and you can give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you à dans d'autres soleils.